0: 9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. It's the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. 101.1 FM, 1340 AM here in the Valley. 102.1 along Highway 50 and online. Get the mobile app to stream all of our NBC Grand Radio stations at theteam1340.com. You can also stream us from our website as well. Coming up in just a little bit, uh, 10 o'clock this morning, the ReliQuest Bowl. Lots of tributes to Mike Leach as his Mississippi State Bulldogs take on Illinois. 10 o'clock this morning for that one. Then a big one tonight, Monday Night Football. Buffalo scores off against Cincinnati at 530. All right, so your thoughts on the Broncos loss yesterday? Hey, what do you know? Maybe having Russell Wilson use his legs to make some plays might make some sense, right? Considering that's, that's what he's done through the majority of his career he's good at at times yeah had yeah, two rushing touchdowns yesterday touchdown pass to albert okuwegbunam where they finally decided to take him out of the garage and put him on the field nine games he's been a healthy scratch this season and they finally had him playing yesterday ends up with a touchdown catch as the Broncos come up short once again to the Chiefs, it's now 15 straight losses to Kansas City. It's the longest losing streak to a to another team in franchise history. So some thoughts about that. Also Mike Florio in profootballtalk.com uh, reporting that Jim Harbaugh, Michigan coach, has been approached by the Broncos brass to interview for the job. So if you got some thoughts on that, do you like the idea of Harbaugh coaching in Denver? Keep in mind, just gonna interview him. It's not it it's just they're just starting the process and they have to go through the Rooney rule, which, well, you'd you'd like to think that that Denver will abide by the Rooney rule. Other teams have not necessarily done that, and they've tried to the NFL's tried to put the clamps down on it. And he could Josh McDaniels it too. Just say, yeah, I'll be your
1: coach, and then head back to where he came from.
0: I think the Derek Carr thing is really interesting. The, the situation the Raiders are in right now, mm-hmm. because they're they're in a tight spot with him. They can try to trade him, but who's going to? I think it's what forty million they'd have to pick up on his current deal. Yeah. And so think,
1: injury guaranteed.
0: Yeah, and so that and that's part of the reason why they've they've shut him down these last two games. They want to look at Stidham, who came over with Little Hoodie from New England. Mm-hmm. And look, get give Jared Stidham credit. He played really well yesterday.
1: Yeah, he did. It doesn't set, look like nearly as ridiculous decision as what Jeff Saturday has been doing with his quarterbacks in Indianapolis.
0: Right. I mean it's, Stidham set a Raider franchise record for the most yardage in a game for a first time starting quarterback in franchise history. Mm-hmm. And and so, okay, they, they want to move on from Carr, who they feel is too turnover-prone. But here's the thing. If you're another NFL team right now, why would you trade for him? Because the Raiders have two choices. Mm-hmm. If they can't trade him. They have to cut him, which makes him a free agent, or they have to keep him. You're probably not going to keep him at this point, are you? Because you've you've already really kind of decided that you're you're done with Derek Carr, and there are, there are going to be plenty of teams that are going to be interested in Derek Carr. Yeah,
1: and if I'm Derek Carr, why do I waive my no trade? Exactly. Cut me or pay me. Why Why do I? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cut me so I can go get paid, or pay me. Do one or the
0: other, but apparently you don't want me here anymore. So, <laughs> right. Because he does control this with the no trade part of it, mm-hmm. and and why would he say they? Why would he limit his opportunities? Right,
1: and it's not like an NHL no trade clause where there's a list of seven teams you're not gonna. No, it's across the board. He cannot be traded. Do anybody? Unless he okay's
0: it. Right, and so he's in a really advantageous position right now. Yeah, yeah, he is. Because why why would I say they want to trade him to New Orleans? Maybe he wants to play in New Orleans. I don't know. And he's also talked in the past about, if I'm not a Raider, I'm retiring, which that's now laughable. Mm -hmm. Derek Carr, you're not, come on, you're going to be playing for somebody in 2023. You're not going to retire if they trade you or cut you. You're going to keep playing but say he he doesn't really want to go to new orleans. I mean, why why would he why wouldn't he look around and say, "Here I am." Right. I'm the piece that m- you might be missing in regard to making a playoff run or a or a or a super bowl run. Because he's he is that good of a quarterback. I tend to think the raiders are being a bit premature about kicking him to the curb. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But if Jared Stidham plays like that, maybe that's a good move on their part. But he still has value to somebody. Hey, there's a period of time I would have taken Derek Carr in a heartbeat in Denver. Yeah, I wouldn't even thought twice about it. The thing yeah. I love is
1: if this new contract was a baby, it's not even born yet. It is bare. It is eight and a half months old. Yeah, his contract extension. Like he didn't even get through one year.
0: Josh McDaniels comes in and says, "Yep, not working for me." Three thousand five hundred twenty-two yards, 24 touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. Interception numbers not great.
1: Josh McDaniels hired January thirty-one. This contract was April
0: twelfth, I think. Yeah, I mean, so he was there he, for three, two and a half months, and he was, and he obviously, obviously was okay, signed off on it. Yeah
1: man life comes at you fast in the nfl no, no
0: kidding thanks ferris bueller bueller i i just i i think if you're Derek carr you're just you're just like screw you guys yeah cut me you don't want me here then cut me or go ray leota from goodfellas bleep you pay me
1: yeah better have my money like
0: rihanna and and you know they don't want to do that
1: no because this cap hit is thirty five million dollars almost next year
0: but i but I'm just thinking if if your car why would you let them trade you
1: they signed you and now they want it the coach wants to get rid of you nine months later why would
0: you do them a favor why why would I give them assets even if it's a team that I want to go to right say I want to go to New Orleans why would I do I mean, I've, I've given myself to this organization. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's the worst quarterback in the league. Yeah, the numbers could be better. He's
1: not even the worst quarterback in his own division this year.
0: Exactly. That would be, uh, would be my, my guy over in Denver. Old danger witch. That uh, provolone. stuff spicy. spicy. It's, got provolone. It.
1: it's got a kick. It's got a kick. This black forest <laughs> ham is hot. Ooh, hot. Coming in hot.
0: I just think if you're him, why would you do the Raiders any favors here? Why would you? They obviously don't believe in you anymore. They don't want you to be there. Then okay, go pound sand, cut me. I'm not. I'm not going to give you any yeah. or, or or pay me and keep me here. And we'll see how this goes. Maybe maybe you're going to want me to be your quarterback again. But if I'm him. I, I don't I don't agree to any trade because I don't want to help the Raiders. I would I would be that upset yeah. if I was him about how this has gone. My question is, how do Raiders fans feel about this? Derek Carr, McDaniels,
1: Mark Davis. How do, like, to mix a couple of nerderies, put out, like, the Darth signal for the black hole. How do the Raiders fans feel about Derek Carr in general and the handling of this situation? I can't get a take. They seem as divided as any fan base. Yeah, quarterback. The, That's not Patrick
0: Mahomes. Yeah, they, they, some of them seem like they're really ready for him to go. Yeah, but Josh McDaniel screwed this guy over, or if he was just better.
1: Like, well, this team's not very well assembled around him, outside of Devonte
0: Adams. And last year, Rich and interim coach got them to the playoffs. Yeah, they were a playoff team last year, and they should have been just. They should have been better this year. You've. you've You've got Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, you got Devontae Adams, you 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 know, you've got you know what we thought was gonna be a dynamic pass rushing combo, which has not turned out to be that at all. Mm-hmm. And you got Devontae Adams, who has lived up to all the hype, all the expectations.
1: And like they're six and ten with a sixteen thousand yard rusher, or sixteen hundred yard rusher, my bad, and a fourteen hundred yard receiver. Like, how is that possible?
0: Because their defense sucks out loud, and that's all Derek Carr's fault. Obviously, that's his fault. So we didn't. I didn't mean to turn this into Raider talk in the nine o'clock hour. I just, I just find it interesting. We watch all the teams. That situation right now, where Derek Carr clearly controls the narrative. There, mm-hmm. if he, I, I just don't. If him, if I'm him, I don't know why I would do them a favor. I, I by trading me. I, I don't think I would do them a favor. I'm not going to give you guys assets. You guys didn't want me here anymore. To hell with you. I, I'm. I, I don't care what you. Either keep me here or cut me. They have the league's third
1: leading receiver in Devontae Adams, and the league's leading rusher by 160 yards in Josh Jacobs, and they're six and ten. Yeah, it's just because their defense is bad. An yeah. NFL record five second-half leads of 10 or more points resulted in losses.
0: Imagine if you could have taken the Denver defense and the Raider offense. Probably have a playoff team. Yeah, Probably would. All right, 9-11. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today. Got some thoughts on the Broncos' uh, loss to the Chiefs yesterday. I I thought overall they they, they, uh, certainly played better than I thought they would going to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And they were what? A... Twelve
1: and a half. 12 and a half, yeah,
0: 12 and a half point dog in that game they cover yesterday. Played much better than obviously what we saw in the game at, at you know LA against the Rams on Christmas Day. I thought Russ, for the most part, had one bad pick, but played well. Offensive line was not great yesterday, but then again, they they haven't been great all season. And defense made some play special teams. The, the switch to Mike Mallory over Dwayne Stukes. They get a field goal block yesterday from Owasarike. And then Alex Singleton comes up with a fumble recovery, which leads to a Russell Wilson rushing touchdown. Some good things from the game yesterday. But the facts are still that this team's 4-12, and looking for a new head coach, and and looking for answers heading into 2023 with the Chargers coming up to wrap up the season. Mercifully for the Broncos this weekend. And we hope to find out sometime today, and you said it might be after the Buffalo Bengals game tonight, Yeah, that we find out what what the schedule looks like. That's
1: a conspiracy-type theory I've seen, but from some like CBS sports writers, like, oh, maybe it's after the blah, blah, blah. It's supposed to be today, not like tonight or t- late tonight, but it's supposed to be today,
0: I'm hoping. Because we do know that Jacksonville... Tennessee will be Saturday night and that will settle the AFC South between those two teams. Alright, nine thirteen. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Good, the bad, the ugly, what makes your list from the weekend? You can text or call us 970-242-1340. Um, certainly some bad in terms of how Colorado played against Cal on Saturday. Men's basketball. Yikes. And Cal is without their top scorer and the Buffs Defensively, they were very nugget-like. Mm-hmm. When it's the bad Nuggets, yeah. Good was last night how the Nuggets played defensively. Did a nice job against Boston, top-scoring team in the league. Nikola Jokic with uh, his league-leading what ninth uh, triple-double last night. Mm-hmm. I believe 90th career. Yeah. So the the Nuggets with a big win last night that was good. I was that was great that TCU pulled off the win against Michigan. Sorry, Wolverine fans. Eh, not but, that sorry. But not that sorry. Max Duggan had a couple turnovers, a couple picks, but four total touchdowns in that game. TCU was very physical in that game. Mm-hmm. They matched the physical play of Michigan. And then you had the miss kick in your game, Ohio State. Yeah, Noah Ruggles. One, one, comes up one point shy of... Being able to get to the college football national championship game,
1: and they, their kid missed a couple kicks too for Georgia.
0: Yep, it's all right. So one of the things we, we were talking about the best of twenty twenty two, and we should not have left this out. And my apologies on this. The Colorado Mesa Beach Volleyball Team. There are so many great stories from twenty twenty two, and this was one of them. Well, they won the Division Two, um, the the AVCA Small College Championships. Uh, at Hickory Point Beach, where they beat the defending national champion Tampa to get to the championship game, where they face Spring Hill College. And um, David Scaff, the head coach over the the volleyball team, he is the assistant coach, of course, to um, you know the, the the CMU volleyball team, and Dave Fleming, but he is the Dave is the uh, head beach volleyball coach, and he talked about that one against Tampa they got them into the championship game because that was a big step to get past the defending national champions.
1: We wanted to face Tampa in the semis when we were fresh, make it that the first morning game that we got to play that day. Um, and I kind of told the girls in years past that you know we needed Tampa to have an off day to beat them. And I said, I think we're deep enough this year that we can do it on our own and control our own destiny and our girls executed.
0: And so they would go on to face Spring Hill College to claim the national championship. And David Scaff, by the way, along with Mike DeGeorge, the Maverick men's basketball coach, in Mile High Sports Magazine. Uh, they were both named as finalists for the college coach of the year in the state of Colorado. Well-deserved, too. Well-deserved. Your winner, though, guy that certainly deserved it, David Carl, the head coach of the uh, University of Denver hockey team. Of course, they won the National Division One yeah. Championship. The old so. Pios. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's deserving. But I think that's cool that the Mike DeGeorge and and David Scath, you know, here on this side of the hill, mm-hmm. finalists for that uh, that award with Mile High Sports Magazine. Yeah,
1: I wonder if those people are able to get jobs with Chester
0: though going forward.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. It's a new year, new me. I got to not going to wait till a season's underway for that.
0: 916, we'll take a break, we'll come back. Dexter or Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Good to see some things never change. 970-242-1340.
2: Touchdown every morning. Woo!
1: The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team.
0: Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for listening to the program. Thanks for joining us today. Good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend. What makes your list? Text or call us 970-242-1340. Uh, so we got one from Timbo this morning. Good morning, Timbo. My buddy is a Raiders fan. He hates car. And I'm a Broncos fan. Imagine that friendship. I don't know. We're, we're friends with fans of other teams that are rivals Mm-hmm. Your buddies with Petey. yeah D- diehard Ravens fan, your diehard Browns fan. I'm trying to think if I have anybody I have people that i that I know and i'm I'm friends with that you know they're like chiefs fans and mm-hmm. stuff like that. but um interesting i I'm just curious about you know, like like Efron's a big Raiders fan the listen Story program. Are you ready for Derek Carr to be gone? I'm just curious. Are you ready for the Jared Stidham era? Well, we know this much. The Danger Russ era will continue into 2023. That's not going to change. And one of the things that, that, that maybe will help going into 2023 is the support that Wilson has received over the last week. From Jerry Judy Mm-hmm. To to Garrett Bowles, who who tweeted out his support of Russell Wilson, because there were the reports that there are guys on the team that don't like Wilson, don't like the rah rah persona that he has, don't like the fact or they 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 feel that not the fact, but they don't they some of them feel that he's not he's a little bit on the disingenuous side. He's not in terms of how he is around his teammates. That and this has been said about him in the past with Seattle and the relationship he had with some of his teammates there. And so guys like Jerry, Judy, Garrett Bowles, and others have taken the time to come to his support, to his aid. And this could be the kind of thing. And we we play the clip. You want to play the clip again?
1: Of the Russ clip, yes. The Russ clip of,
0: of getting the support from his teammates because for the first time this season – he sounded genuine during a good chunk of this mm-hmm. and that this really had resonated with him. This, this support that he's received really, from an emotional standpoint, struck a chord with him.
2: It meant the world to me because I, I give my all every day. I don't know anything less. So I'm grateful for these guys because um, you know, they worked their butts off. And for them to have my back, Jerry, it means the world to me how much he's worked at his, at his craft every day. Um, you know, Kendall. KJ, Tim Patrick, K- Cortland, uh, other guys. Um, you know, all, all I want to do is help, help this team win and us find a way to do it. And I know we're going to overcome all those obstacles. And I'm not going to blink, because I know who I am. I know who, I know the dedication I have to this game and how much it means to me. It's meant the world to me since I was yay high. When I was throwing my dad's football, when he played for the, uh, for the Chargers. And he had a you know, painted-up football when I was in the, in the family room, breaking glass and all that, and uh, throwing, throwing the ball to my brother. Uh, the game means just as much as it did back then, and it's because of those guys in the locker room. You know, Gary Bowles isn't even playing, but what he meant to me, what he said. and So, like I said, I believe, and all I want to do is is help this team, and we're going to go somewhere, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be worth it.
0: All right, so there's Russell Wilson on the support he's received from teammates. And, look, like yesterday's game, the the stat line wasn't vintage Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. still wasn't. Perfect. It was 26 to 38, 222, touchdown and a pick. But he also ran for 27 yards and two touchdowns. And sacked four
1: times, but was he picked up after each of those sacks? <laughs> Brett Ripon was watching with an eagle eye because that was really the thing that caused all of this. Like the offensive line's not even helping him up. They should at the very least because they're the reason he's. Getting off the ground in the first
0: place. He's been sacked now a career-high 53 times. Yes,
1: with one and, game left to go. And
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you want to talk, well, a 17-game season. No, no, no.
1: They're not at 17 yet, and he's not played in two of those games.
0: So you're saying there's a chance that yeah. he could reach his career-high in, in getting sacked.
1: He's. I mean, he's there in 15 games or 14 games.
0: It, it shows a couple things. Number one, how bad the line has been, mm-hmm. and number two, doesn't at least has not been able to show the same ability to escape the rush and make plays that he has in the past. And something else that you have to be concerned about as well: the number of passes he's had batted down at the line of scrimmage. He had three more knocked down yesterday. It's happened at a higher rate this season than any other time in his career. And and, and so that's where the the, the Sean Payton connection. Because of a quarterback, a diminutive quarterback mm-hmm. like Drew Brees was in New Orleans for for Sean Payton, that maybe Sean Payton can do that with Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, I I understand that,
0: and I'm not immediately discounting
1: that. But I'm also, just throwing that out
0: there as the theory, not the right. not not necessarily my opinion my, or my solution. thought is that they're different quarterbacks because. Russ relied, has relied more on his ability to run mm-hmm. and get out of the pocket. Where Breeze, has, he had mobility, but it wasn't Drew Breeze wasn't a, a quarterback that was a threat to take off and run with the football. He was a guy that threw from the pocket more, was able to find passing windows, would do boots and waggles and would get out of the pocket, but they're not the same guy, even though right. maybe stature-wise they're the same player.
1: And this kind of ties into the area that friend of the show, Ben Steele, is working in to me. Yes, passes getting batted down at the line of scrimmage are partially on the quarterback, but only partially. If the offensive line can't successfully block defensive linemen, and they can't keep their hands down, keep them engaged, keep them out of passing lanes, which they should know where they're going to be, right, based on the play that's called... Like, okay, we got a couple crosses here. We need to clear guys out of the middle or at least keep these guys engaged. You know, that's part on the offensive line, too. The fact that he keeps getting passes batted down by defensive linemen mean those defensive linemen are free to get their hands up, right? They're not either in the process of being blocked or not successfully blocked out of the play, so that's on the offensive line. They're getting
0: pushed. They're getting pushed in the backfield.
1: Totally not excusing Russ because the sacks and the inability to escape the pocket and throw on the run I know part of it's an inability I think a part of it is in a lack of want to as well I don't know if he really wants to be that part of his game anymore because yesterday him running for two touchdowns had a breath of fresh air for the way the game's been for him all season long it's That's the the antithesis of what we saw in Los Angeles, right? Los Angeles was the way he's played all year. The first 14 games of his season where it's, you know what? I'm going to run. No, no, I'm going to throw the ball. I'm not going to run. I'm going to take my chance, and it's picked off. Yesterday was, I'm going to run. I'm going to go maybe pick up this first down. I'm going to get into the end zone on my own. He had a 16-yard rushing touchdown. That's probably one of his long rushes of the year, except for the he had a longer one. I know for a fact. I just don't remember what game it was. But so, I mean, yeah, there's part of it that's like, you know what, he just can't do that anymore. But there's also part of it that I think he chooses not to,
0: to be honest. And we discussed that, where he wants to be known as a guy that can win from the pocket. Mm -hmm. That it's not about his athleticism. It's about his ability to read defenses, win from the pocket, which... We we've 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 heard various things on that that that's what Wilson wanted that's what the that Nathaniel Hackett wanted to see from him whatever the case may be his still one of his greatest assets is his ability to get outside and make plays mm-hmm.
1: his long rush of the season is 19 yards his career high is 55 I just I don't know whether he chooses to utilize that option anymore I don't know whether it's worried about getting hurt or the chip on his shoulder of I'll show you but there's something going on there that he this season has made a decided effort to stay in the pocket more and I, I don't know why because he's not going to admit to it right and, oh, yeah, and No, that, I'm not I'm just
0: running the play call called and that's what is going to have to be addressed. Part of the conversation is going to have to happen with whoever becomes the head coach of this team and whoever becomes the offensive coordinator of this this team.
1: I mean, Sean Payton's great, but if Russell Wilson is not going to get out of his own way, then Sean Payton's going to get fired eventually too.
0: I have a feeling there's going to be... Next year will be a big decision year for the Broncos in, in, in regard to Russell Wilson. He's either going to start paying some dividends because they they would the dead cap money wouldn't be as bad after 2023 mm-hmm. it's still going to hurt but it wouldn't be as painful i wouldn't be shocked to see them go out and and look for a veteran quarterback to be the backup a veteran quarterback that they feel if wilson struggles they can still win with that guy who that guy is i don't know and, and wilson may feel very threatened by that but at this point in time he has done nothing to show You know, show the Broncos that they have total and complete confidence in him Mm -hmm. to get the job done. And so, I I wouldn't be surprised to see them go out and look for somebody they feel like can win some football games for them if Wilson struggles.
1: Yeah, like his dead cap amount is going to hurt no matter what year you do it. But it but gets better as
0: time goes on.
1: After before next year, it's one hundred and seven million. After next year, it's eighty-five million. So it gets better. Not great. Ah, man, Still that's... hurts. But if like if you're worried about dead cap money, two three years into this deal, then uh, dividends have not paid off. Yeah. Because that's wow, that is a blunder. You know what I mean? And you couldn't see it coming. It's not like anybody was like, well, you know what, Russ is done. Maybe Pete Carroll. He's the only one. And he would take that victory lap any day of the week if the Broncos cut Russell Wilson at some point before this contract is up.
0: And so, aging quarterbacks next run. year, if they if they because that's one of the theories I've I've heard is that look for somebody that you still feel like can can come in and and, and win. You can win football games with with the backup because the feeling is that Brett Rippen is not that guy.
1: I mean, at, at, at what level does that smell of giving up on Russ already? Right, like I don't I, know if Russ is ever going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback again. I don't know if Russ is going to be in the MVP conversation as the Broncos quarterback. But to already be talking, not just you specifically, I'm not. I'm just going on. You're things just that, my avatar for thi- Broncos. Things country. things
0: that I've been reading right. about so about
1: the direction they might go. If you're like, man, we need a veteran quarterback that can win in case like. Man, that's things because, are not going well.
0: Because here's okay, here's the list of guys. It'll be free agents. Tom Brady's not coming to Denver. To back not, up. To Russell back up Russell. No. He might end up in division. He might mm-hmm. end up in Las Vegas. It'll be but he's backing
1: not. Russell Wilson into last place in the division. It'll be
0: Baker Mayfield.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Or
0: maybe the Rams like enough of what they've seen from him to be the backup to Stafford. Because like He Staff- wasn't great yesterday, but he was all right. That they may feel like with Stafford's now, his injury history being what it is, mm-hmm. you've, you've got to have somebody that can, can go in and win some football games for you. Yeah. And they may feel like Mayfield, the more he's around the system, the Sean McVay system, assuming Sean McVay doesn't call it quits, that that he'll, he'll be better in this system. Sam Darnold. <laughs> no. Who did, who did have a pretty darn good game yesterday against Tampa Bay, except for, well, the end of the game where he got – he coughed it out. But
1: if Brett Rippon's not veteran enough and can't win you games, then Sam Darnold's on that list too.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go nope. someplace where he can start. He's not going to be the backup to Russ. Nope. Could it be the return of TB5?
1: I would love it. Specifically for Broncos country. I would love it.
0: Daniel Jones will be a free agent.
1: He might have just earned himself a contract.
0: I think he I think he did too. With the Giants. One time Bronco starting quarterback, Case Keenum.
1: <laughs> eh, maybe.
0: Mason Rudolph. Uh, nope. Your guy, Jacoby Brissett. You I, could do a lot worse. To I could be can, honest. I, I could see Brissett. I could yeah. see that being a possibility. Geno Smith, no. He's
1: He might have earned himself a yeah. contract. At least a bridge deal.
0: Andy Dalton, Mike White. <laughs> nope. And Taylor Anthony. Heineke. Nope. Blaine he might be the starter. Cool, Va- cool story about Blaine Gabbard saving the people after the was it the was the airplane crash? Helicopter crash? Uh, I didn't hear about this. He was on his jet ski. And I remember if it was an airplane crash or helicopter crash. And it crashed into the water. And Gabbert rescued some of the people. Yeah, it was a helicopter crash. And Gabbert just happened to be out on his jet ski. And ended up saving a couple of people from that helicopter crash. Hey, good on him. Yeah.
1: Right place, right time.
0: So, who knows? Maybe maybe blame Gabbert? Probably place not.
1: On the veteran quarterback. How about Drew Locke? Yes. Uh, you know, if he comes back to Denver, there will be people clamoring for him to start over Russ. Yes, opening, there will be. Opening game next year. Yeah. Just because of the way it is with Drew Locke.
0: I think it's a difficult spot to be in if you're the Broncos, because maybe you, you, you certainly have, and I think understandably so, uncertainty about Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's but a also, tough needle
1: to thread, though, with the guy that can win you games if Russ is ineffective, but doesn't piss off your franchise quarterback, right?
0: And put him of a in a bad, needle thread. Yeah, and put him in a bad mental state where they right. don't they don't believe in me and and all of a sudden this relationship goes really, really sour. Even mm-hmm. more sour than it is at the moment. The,
1: you saw how pouty Melvin Gordon was treated. Can you imagine how pouty Russell yeah. Wilson would be treated? Whew.
0: Yeah. I, I just I understand the idea. That you want, you want somebody that you feel like can be capable and win games if Russ gets hurt or if Russ plays poorly. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be careful because who do you? I mean, if you bring somebody in, what's that? I mean, he's com- he's comfortable with Ripping right now. He knows that Ripping's not going to th- challenge him for the starting right. job, and Ripping can win you football games or at least give you the chance to win games without the threat of oh, because look, you bring a Sam Darnold in. There's going to be people wanting to see Sam Darnold if Russ plays poorly. Mm -hmm. Not that they wouldn't want to see Rippon, but it doesn't send the message that we don't... Darnold sends the message, we don't believe in you.
1: 100%. You
0: bring even TB5 in. Yeah, we don't really believe in you. But I I think Bridgewater, he might be better with that one than some of these. Because Bridgewater
1: is the reason that he's there because he wasn't good enough as the right. starters, so he might feel okay with that. Although Teddy Bridgewater won seven games as a Broncos starter. Yeah. Russ is going to need <laughs> to October next year. Yeah, to, to make that him. happen.
0: Exactly. All right, we have the good, the bad, the ugly today. Finally got one from somebody today. Hey, look, it's been right. pile Pyle still hung over after a, a busy New Year's weekend. The good Ohio State's kicker, the bad, the offensive pass interference call on Sutton. Happy New Year from JS. Happy New Year to you as well. All right, 938. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. And it's time right now for This Day in Sports History. That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's This Day in Sports History. Back in time. Let's go back to 1961. George Blanda passes for three touchdowns and kicks a field goal and the extra points to give Houston a 24 to 16 win over the LA Chargers in the first AFL championship game. 19- Nobody's doing that now. Nobody's doing that now. That's how that was so cool that Blanda, of course, when he was in his 40s, mm-hmm. had to replace Ken Stabler, who got hurt, and guided them to a, a bunch of victories when he was in his 40s. 1965, the New York Jets signed Alabama quarterback Joe Namath for a reported $400,000, the most lucrative rookie contract in football history. Also, 1966, Jim Taylor and Paul Horning gained 201 yards and 4 inches of snow at Lambeau Field to lead Green Bay to a 23-12 win over Cleveland and their third championship in five years. 1977, Atlanta Braves owner Ted Turner is suspended one year by Commissioner Bowie Kuhn for tampering and the free agent signing of Gary Matthews. 1982, Rolf Benershka's 29-yard field goal at 13 minutes, 52 seconds of overtime ends the wildest and highest-scoring playoff game. And one of the highest scoring playoff games in NFL history is the Chargers beat the Dolphins 41 38. San Diego's Dan Fouts completes 33 of 53 for 433 and three touchdowns. Miami quarterback Don Strock completes 29 of 43 for 403 and four touchdowns. It's a one where they have Kellen Winslow, who just looks absolutely gassed when that game is over. Also, 1984, Miami defeats Nebraska 31 30 in the Orange Bowl for the national championship. All right, it's 940. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Still time to get in. your good, the bad, the ugly. Text or call us 970-242-1340.
1: Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader. Whoever suggests that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. Oh. The team.
0: Welcome back, Jim and the Buckeye, boy. It's Monday, the good, the bad, the ugly. have got one from RJ and Delta listening on 102.1 FM. Good morning, RJ. Hope you had a wonderful New Year's weekend. Guys, the good, the Giants making the playoffs. Congratulations, RJ. Yeah. The bad abs losing streak, the ugly, the weather, and having the flu over Christmas. Oh, dude. That's not good. That's terrible. Hopefully, you're you're doing much better now, RJ. All right, so that's RJ's The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. If you've got one, send it to us this morning. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line 970-242-1340. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the Buffaloes keep adding through the transfer portal, and uh, they have uh, continued to to work on that defensive line. And um, made the announcement that Jackson State defensive end Jeremiah Brown will become, he is now the... um, the sixth Jackson State player to transfer to Colorado. And uh, so, former Fresno State defensive tackle Leonard Payne Jr. is also joining the Buffaloes. And so, those two guys add to the Buffs' defensive line. For Brown, he wants to go into mechanical engineering, right? let to me, electrical engineering. And that the Buffs have the 19th rated engineering program in the country. So, for him, it wasn't necessarily about. Playing for Coach Prime again, I mean, part of it. But he goes from an academic standpoint, not everybody's going to go to the league. That's definitely my plan A, but plan B is a career in electrical engineering, and so that's why he's going to Colorado. Makes some sense. You don't, you don't yeah. hear that very often, right, where the academic plan plays a significant role and, and where a guy ends mm-hmm. up going. You have a tough, challenging career ahead of you, or you could be a football player. Exactly. And with Payne, six three three zero eight has a season of eligibility left. Brown has a couple of seasons left. And Payne, 29 games, 10 starts when he played at Fresno State. And see you with 34 players in this year's recruiting class, including 16 four-year transfers. Arizona State, with 18, is the only team with more transfers than the Buffs. No other team in FBS has more than 11 transfers right now. So Colorado has hit the portal hard to build up this roster. And as far as best available players out there, your top guy is still Sam Hartman. Wake Forest quarterback. Yeah. That uh, it sounds more and more like Hartman's probably going to end up at Notre Dame. But uh, we'll see what happens there. All right, 946, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Text or call us 970-242-1340. And it's uh, time to open up the lid and hop in some garbage time today.
1: We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team.
0: Oh, I love trash. All right, you want to lead off with anything?
1: Uh, Sure. Andy Cohen, the uh, Bravo host, had uh, Nick Cannon on for New Year's Eve because Nick Cannon just uh, celebrated his 12th child's uh, birth, and he asked him how he, what his plan was to repopulate the earth single-handedly, which is hilarious. Uh, Nick Cannon's got some buckshot spread all over the place a little bit. 12 kids. <laughs> Johnny Appleseed. Nine in the last 24 months. Wow. Yeah. Not very monogamous, that one.
0: He... He he does realize that we have a lot of human beings yeah. that already exist on, on the planet Earth. There are chickens that don't have that many <laughs> kids in two years. That we're we're not at that kind of deficit yet where Nick Cannon has to yeah. save humankind. He doesn't he, he he does realize that, right? Or is it right. just
1: Like he's got I mean, one or two sets of multiples, but individually that's that's
0: prolific. Well Chamberlain's going that a- that's impressive. The scoring record <laughs> maybe never to be topped. Oh uh, okay, well Nick Nick Cannon. Um good luck in twenty twenty three. Who's that? Antonio Cromartie that couldn't remember the name of his Yeah, kids. it was on hard knocks and he couldn't yeah. remember the name of, of a couple of his kids. Yep. Nick Cannon, he's coming for you. AC. Gunning <laughs> for the record. Yep. All right. Broncos coaching search is underway. And, of course, we we talked about Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, that uh, according to him, the Broncos have reached out to Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh. The Colts are looking for a head coach. And the guy that's currently their head coach might end up being their head coach. Because Jim Irsay, Colts owner, is absolutely considering making a bold move at head coach next season. And he has said that Jeff Saturday is still in the mix to be the head coach. But Ursay did say that they are looking to make a big move with the coaching position. I I, I can't – why would you keep Jeff Saturday in the conversation to be your head coach? Because he said Saturday absolutely will be a candidate for the full-time job, but he's also said that they're they're looking to go for a big name to be their next head coach. So in consecutive games, in four of them
1: – They turned the ball over five times and gave up a 50-burger to the Cowboys, set an NFL record for biggest lead blown on the road at the Vikings, did not score a touchdown with 173 total yards of offense at home against the Chargers, and they got waxed in New Jersey by the Giants. What about his resume? Other than, oh, hey, beat the Raiders in Las Vegas. Okay, he's lost six straights since then and has been embarrassed in four of those games. What about that resume says, yeah, you know what, that could be our guy?
0: The report also from Pelissero on this is about all the different you know openings right now in the league is that if, he gets, if Saturday gets a better offensive coaching staff around him, that Ursay would consider him being the next head coach.
1: If we just give him better coaches and
0: better players, he'll be better. <laughs> then why don't you just go get a better head coach, Jim Ursay? Just start there. Just begin right there. Go get a coach, go get a quarterback,
1: and maybe try from there. Just get him better coaches. What a Nimrod. Uh,
0: oh. By the way, to Harbaugh for just a moment. Remember after he interviewed the Vikings, he said he would not consider a return to the NFL again? Oh, I
1: can't imagine Jim Harbaugh never, alive. Never,
0: never say never, Jim. Yeah. He'll uh, find a way to wiggle out. His that. buddy Condi Rice can say, Hey, Jim, Jim, you know you want to come here. You I got be abducted this. and
1: forced to coach the Broncos. I didn't want to
0: leave <laughs> the University of Michigan. But I'll tell you this much I'll take Harbaugh in a heartbeat over Jeff Saturday. I'd take you as the head coach over Jeff Saturday. A
1: couple of Colts greats right there. Jim Harbaugh and Jeff Saturday.
0: Exactly. Also uh, in garbage time today, not that this is just a throwaway topic, but uh, tennis legend Martina Navratilova revealing she has been diagnosed with cancer, diagnosed with two forms of cancer. That's too bad. That she's being diagnosed with stage one throat cancer. The all-time great, great tennis players. Uh, She made the the comment, this double whammy is serious but still fixable and I'm hoping for a favorable outcome. It's going to stink for a while but I'll fight with all I've got. She was also uh, diagnosed with non-invasive breast cancer back in 2010 and was six months later uh, cancer-free. But it looks like uh, once again, unfortunately for her, battling cancer.
1: Back to the uh, light-hearted side of things. Our buddy Mark Mosier at Altitude. A uh, bit of a thread yesterday where his beloved pooch, Rick, got after his glasses. Did a number on him, too. So, Mosier's sans specs for the day.
0: Just, I feel it. Just can't leave him out there. You just can't. No. You can't I
1: mean, leave him where the. You can't t- toss him on the coffee table. You can't do that.
0: Look, with, with Guinness, who's now over a year old, our Wheaton, that. He, he sometimes cons us into believing that he's not... He's, he's through the, I'm going to chew stuff upstage. Uh-huh. Until I came home one day. We didn't didn't put him in his crate. That's the rookie mistake. We put... Because we we had, we had <laughs> started to believe in him again. Yeah. We started to hope. trust him. We started trusting him. And he got under the Christmas tree and destroyed one of the Christmas presents. Just absolutely just tore it, tore it to shreds. So he's, uh, he's back to spending some time in his crate when... Uh, when we're not home,
1: our dogs fairly well behaved. There've been a couple times about the last four or five months that one of us will leave dog goes, she goes in her crate. We shut the door. Most times a couple times we've shut the door and it's not stayed shut. And so we'll get home and go to let the dog out to go to the bathroom. And she's just hanging out in her crate door wide open. Just laying there. We're like, good job. Here's an extra pepperoni stick. <laughs>
0: I'm hoping we get Guinness to a point where we can we can trust him. Yeah. We have the Quest Bowl coming up. Mississippi State and Illinois here at uh, ten this morning on on the team. That uh, Mississippi State, of course, mourning the loss of Mike Leach, their head coach, who loved pirates. And so, have you seen the Mississippi State helmets?
1: Yes, I have. They the, look awesome with
0: the pirate flag on the side of the helmet. It's like the to Bucks-esque. honor him today.
1: It's kind of like the bucks. Flag, but it's got the initials ML underneath it. Really cool.
0: So it's a a, a pretty awesome tribute to to Mike Leach today. When uh, stellar, When yeah. when Mississippi State takes the field against Illinois once again, that game ten o'clock this morning right here on the Team Sports Network. So uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Are right, you got anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, no, I don't actually. You're done. That's it. There's I'm nothing. Good, yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah, we're we're pretty pretty solid on garbage time stuff there.
0: Well, we still have like another minute and a half to talk here. So, actually, down to about to about 45 seconds. So, thanks a lot for coming up short here. Sure.
1: No, I mean, we're not really coming up
0: short. I well, guess. Well, a little bit short. We're just getting
1: bit. our pass batted down at the line. I mean, it's not like we're short. It's just not, you know, we don't have good blocking in front of I just
0: us. I feel like we're, we're getting down to the one and we don't know what to do here.
1: We'll, we'll take a knee.
0: Okay. <laughs> I guess we will take a knee. And that's our show for today. Make sure you join us tomorrow, seven to ten. We'll get it all the way up to about fifty five. Trust me. Yeah. We'll get it we'll make we'll make it happen tomorrow. Wyatt Thompson, our college football insider, will join us, talk about the national championship game. Also on tomorrow we'll have Mav Day as well in the nine o'clock hour. For the Buckeye Boy, I'm Jim. Thanks for joining us.